one of the worries is these um, this year and uh, in future years is the amount of hockey that's being played by players and, you know, that they definitely have to have some time off and, you know, that's very difficult uh, in Belgium and Holland where they, um, you know, they go from international back to club and then back to international and it seems that the season is never-ending. So we've got to be we, – we really do have to take control of um, – or take care of, you know, our players and make, making sure that they're not playing too much. Otherwise, they're going to burn out and we're going to have some very short careers. Welcome to Studio Hockey. So, hello everybody. We have with us today a new guest from, uh, well, from where I'm sitting, way down under. Uh, Colin Batch, the head coach for the Kookaburras, the Australian national men's team. Uh, I think still the number one in the world, or at least very close with uh, with Belgium, uh, and uh, the defender of the Pro League title, which is about to start again. Colin, welcome to uh, to our podcast. Thank you, Erst, and it's afternoon here, but good morning to you. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, well, not many people might know, uh, or probably the, the older ones who follow hockey for a longer time, but uh, you've not always been a coach. You've been a player as well uh, back in the days, and, uh, <laughs> and, 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 not, and not such a bad one either. <laughs> uh, uh, very, long t- very long time ago. Yeah. So let, let, let's just dive in with, with the number one question. Uh, you know as a player and you know as a coach what it takes to win gold. Uh, you won uh, as a player. You won the World Cup gold yourself. As a coach, you were in the coaching staff when Australia won uh, the gold in, uh, I think it was Athens. Um, That's correct. Yep. Yeah. So, what does it take to win gold uh, for Australia in Tokyo this summer? Wow, that's a, a very complex uh, question. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's just start right away um, with it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Look, it's 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 not easy. I think that's the the first thing. Um, you know, we saw in Rio that a number of teams could have won the uh, the gold medal heading into um, or had th- those aspirations heading into the Rio tournament. And I think we we find again for Tokyo the uh, the the depth in men's hockey is very strong. So it's not easy to win. That's the first thing, and a number of teams can can have uh, genuine claims to having the title. So I think what we need to do is break down the tournament and firstly you have to qualify for the quarterfinal and uh, this is the tricky bit because you might do all the right things and uh, be playing very well and uh, your crossover from the other pool can be a very difficult quarterfinal. Mm -hmm. So that's out of our control. Um, You know, we're aiming to qualify uh, for the quarterfinals firstly and then play well enough to win that and then uh, advance from there. But I think Tokyo um, does present some unique um, issues. One of them, of course, is um, the, the climate. We're expecting it to be very uh-huh. hot. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think all of the nations will be, um, you know, certainly aware of that. Very difficult conditions to play un- under and uh, just having a look at most teams that are playing there, um, you know, they play four games in five days, which is extremely difficult 
in any circumstances, let alone coping with the um, high demands of the climate in, in Tokyo. Plus, so plus, there is plus only 60 of, players. Uh, huh? Plus only 16 players instead of the usual way. And only 16 <laughs> players. And, yeah, it, it's certainly disappointing that, uh, you know, at a hockey's major tournament that uh, we, we're reduced by two players. So from a physical point of view, it's going to be very demanding in those conditions. So all teams need to be physically uh, uh-huh. strong. Um, and that's one side of it, of course, but technically and tactically, um, um, you know, I think you need to find an edge there. And, um, you know, if we have a look around the world, I think hockey's never been a, in a stronger position than what it is now. The technical skills of the players uh, is very, it's fantastic. Yeah, I agree, agree. It's and, and especially the, the the top nations are are in my belief have never been as close together as uh, as in in these days. Uh. There, there are for, for me. There are there are yeah, four. So there are four nations who just uh, that they, they, they can aim for gold. Four nations at least uh, have every right to say that we will only be happy if we want gold in Tokyo. And I think that's quite a special situation. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, it's a bit too early to say who <laughs> they would be, but you might be braver than I. <laughs> I, I, I always braver than that um, in, in predicting uh, things, and and most. And most and mostly wrong as well. <laughs> yeah. But it, it'll be a, a, an outstanding tournament. We've visited uh, Tokyo. Um, the number one pitch is tremendous. Uh, the number two pitch, uh, similar pitch, but just a, a smaller uh-huh. stadium. Um, and I'm sure uh, it'll uh, that sort of environment will certainly have a great um, outcome to the quality yeah, of hockey, yeah. both in men's um, and women's. Let- I think that probably the, the the top teams will all be at more or less similar fitness levels, but uh, are, will there be teams or, or nations who are, have a little bit of an advantage because of this climate? You think, or uh, or does it matter if you're really used to it because it's going to be that special? Oh. <clears throat> Yeah, look, I, I, I tend to support what you're what you're saying there. I think most programs around the world now have uh, um, such quality in their preparation that there's not much difference between the physical side of it. Uh, we know that uh, there's only a certain amount you can do from a recovery point of view, and I think everyone will be on top of that. Um, so. The games really are in the, the technical side and also the tactical side of the game. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you have quite a different team from the the golden years of, of uh, Australia, where where back in the days you had several uh, truly unique star players with the likes of Jamie Dwyer or uh, or Mark Knowles or star, uh, guys like that. Whereas today it seems that it's more about the team, though obviously you still have some some, some great uh, players at your disposal. But uh, is this by design or, or more uh, a sign of the times or just coincidence? Oh, look, if you have a look at Jamie Dwyer, that's a once-in-a-generation player. You don't, you'd love to have him play on, but, uh, you know, he went to four uh, Olympics and he was an outstanding player for Australia and, they don't. That sort of quality player doesn't come along very often. So um, we have got some very good players in our team. They're still learning. We've got some experience in our team, but by and large, we are still a young team developing. And uh, a lot of our players have come out of the the junior world, the last junior world cup in um, at the end of sixteen. 
look, they're very coachable, firstly. Um, they want to learn. Um, so they, they've got a lot of um, good qualities to have involved in a team. And, look, you, you don't want to be relying on one person. So, you know, we're happy to have um, a, a large group uh-huh. of our players all playing at a good level um, to support each other and play well as a team. But as a coach, would you prefer to have one J.B. Dwyer-like type of player or, or three very coachable, very good, very dependable players like uh, yeah, a lot of the youngsters that are coming through now for you? Well, it's hard to knock back a, a Jamie Dwyer, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> um, look, Jamie, uh, he became a big-time player um, and he was a catalyst for many uh, championship wins for the Kookaburras over the years. Um, so you'd never say no to a player like that. Um, but, you know, Australia never just relied on on Jamie Dwyer. Certainly he finished very well and... Um, You know, maybe there's people remember the finishing qualities of Jamie Dwyer, but his work rate around the ground and his ability to get the ball back from a defensive point of view was also very good. So, you know, you weren't just thinking of Jamie Dwyer in his attacking qualities. He's a very good defender as well. So, look, you know, you want an all-round team, um, a team that all play together and they understand the defensive um, side of the game as well as uh, being very strong on the counter-attack. I think, you know, if you can establish those sorts of um, parts to your game and also the, develop that quality in your, in your game, then you'll have some success. Yeah. Did, it, did it help in your, uh, in, from, from your own words, still developing and still a young team? Did it help that last year that you won the Pro League? Because a winning experience is also something that you need in the build-up to, uh, to an event yeah, like Tokyo? I, Yeah, absolutely. I I really do think that because you know uh, in in eighteen we we won the champions trophy with uh, many changes to our team, but we you know we're always looking for improvement, and I think that's what gave, uh, the pro league gave us last year. That when we ended up um, being on the road, um, when we were um, playing in Europe and also Argentina and New Zealand, we did quite well, and I think. That can happen when you've got a team that um, uh, spends a lot of time with each other. You know, we're finding that with Belgium at the moment, even though they've just started, I think they'll continue to improve on tour um, when the players yeah. don't have any other distractions apart from training and, and recovering and playing hockey. Okay. And speaking about Belgium, uh, look who just joined our conversation here. Uh, well, the, 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 our listeners can't see it yet, but normally we can see it on our screen. Uh, Shane McLeod, uh, head coach from Belgium, uh, is uh, in the room. Uh, Shane, can you hear us? Yeah, I can. Um, sorry, I'm so late. No, 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 not a problem. Not a problem. Well, welcome, uh, welcome in our conversation. Uh, we, we were talking about the, the, the Pro League win from uh, Australia last year and the way that uh, it uh, might help the younger and the still developing team as Colin put it uh, for for to getting also this winning experience uh, at, ahead of Tokyo um, but what were your expectations Collins when you entered the pro league uh, last year uh, um, it, for you it was the only priority that year which probably is different from uh, most European teams who also had the European Cup did that make a difference for you No, in actual fact, our priority was to qualify for the Olympic Games. So even though we did well at the Pro League, um, there's no 
um, reward for it at the end. And it would be good to link that with the World Cup qualification or a you know, Olympic Games qualification. It doesn't allow that at the moment in our sport, but that would be uh, you know a good thing, I, I think, and, and give uh, more credibility to the what is already a very um, very good tournament to play in. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Shane, we we discussed earlier before that you came online. We d- discussed also the 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 yeah, very specific cli- climate conditions uh, that uh, your teams will be focusing uh, will be uh, uh, meeting up in Tokyo. Uh, uh, What are the ways that you prepare uh, for that? Uh, you're at the moment you're in Sydney, so you're experiencing some some specific climate conditions as well over there. Um, uh, I hope you're not too much bothered by uh, by the the fires and uh, the air pollution that's uh, coming from it. But what are you doing to prepare for those climate conditions in Tokyo with Belgium? Uh, you know, I think there's it's no secret to any of the teams that um, it could be a really testing time and and um, You know, I think the teams that that don't deal with the heat or don't have some sort of things in place may struggle a bit. But um, you know, we've got a relatively experienced team in those type of um, conditions. They they don't often play in the Aslan Shah or or something like that in Malaysia, which which I think w- would be an ideal uh, training ground for the type of conditions that we might face. Uh-huh. But you know, we, we've got a few things in place in in Belgium. Um, You know, based around just getting used to the heat, we've we've tested uh, the the players that that really uh, really struggle, uh, and we'll be doing some special things or paying special attention to those players to just to help them adapt. But you know, we'll go into the village or into um, Tokyo relatively early so that that we can make those final uh, final things. And yeah, it's just. Yeah, it's just little stuff, but a whole lot of little stuff hopefully will help. Yeah, it is interesting, Shane, isn't it, where you've got some players that um, don't play as well in the in those conditions and through some testing you find that out that uh, it's not so easy, the, the really hot weather, which no, we're that's expecting. Right. And also the game style uh, can sometimes be a bit different as well. Like uh, I remember watching uh, a few tournaments from Malaysia and, and when you're there and when you're playing them or, or involved in them, you think they're – The, the style of hockey is really fast and and, and so on uh, because of the amount of effort that's going in. But sometimes the game's a bit slower than you remember. And uh-huh. um, yeah, so mm. there, there's a few things like that that we're we're mindful of. And with the Olympics as well, it's also a challenge because you you have uh, a couple of fewer players as well. So yeah, it really is going to be a bit of a test of. Um, Of some of the programs and how well they deal with those type of things. No, absolutely. Well, Shane, you've got you've got some players who were there in Beijing already, uh, where there were also very very trying uh, conditions uh, in in a climate way. Are they bringing their experience to 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 the rest of the team in this matter? Uh, yeah, yeah, they are. Um, but but it was kind of um, like sometimes the things get exaggerated a little bit. Like I think Beijing in the end didn't didn't turn out to be the uh, The conditions or as bad as everyone had predicted them to be, and and, and it would be nice if um, if the same thing happened with Tokyo. But I think everyone's preparing for the worst case scenario, and uh, if it's better than that, then you know you, you you're going to be uh, okay. But you, you just don't want to be caught out by um, by uh, you know incredible heats, and you haven't done anything about it. Um, yeah, we're, we're, I think with. 
the the thing that uh, probably gives me a little bit of uh, confidence is we don't have too many absolute newbies coming into the group. You know, I think that that can catch you out a little bit, and we know what we've got is what we've got in regards to those that, that heat up a bit more or those that lose a lot of salts and those um, those things. So you can manage those. Uh, but if you, if you haven't got someone that's toured before or, or something, then, it, then it's a little bit tougher and you have to just pay a bit more attention to those. And what, what are your thoughts about that, Colin? Uh, will it be difficult for a newbie to, to – well, it's always difficult for a newbie to make the selection, especially if you're, you're a strong team. But is, is this an extra added factor to it that it will make more difficult for them to uh, to join a team uh, because they're not used to these kinds of conditions? Well, just not not having much experience in a um, leading up to Olympic Games and then playing Olympic Games in itself is very difficult. So yeah, I agree with with Shane, and, and you add on to that, you know, some some players just can do it. Um, But if you've played a lot of your hockey as a junior in cool climate and suddenly you're playing at, um, you know, the most important tournament in those conditions, uh, it's very difficult for sure. So I think, um, you know, we, through some testing, like Shane was saying, you find out uh, which ones struggle in the heat. You can find out a lot of information before you actually go there and I, th I think that in itself um, – forms part of the selection for the final 16. Uh -huh. uh, I guess that for most of the top teams, you, you're really well-equipped, well-staffed with a lot of uh, scientists on board who can tell you all these things of salt and, and losing of water and all, all, all these very scientific stuff about, about playing in these kinds of conditions. Uh, some countries probably don't have the budget to, to, to hire these, these experts and, and, and do all this kind of testing. Will this be an, a disadvantage for them? Well, you know, there's a lot of information you get over the net these days. Uh -huh. So it might not be hands-on with someone working with your team, but you can get a lot of the basics um, correct from information that you can read about or maybe another sport within your your uh, Olympic uh -huh. um, committee can can share some of their their findings and uh, you can that can assist in the preparation a great deal um, there are some things you know within Australia the first time we played in Darwin um, you know this was 20 years ago um, that there's a lot of things that we learned from that, that experience that still hold true today so yes we are fine-tuning things and yes we've got a more scientific um, manager to look after that but I think the fundamentals are still the same about, you know, the way you block out the heat, uh, you train in the heat, uh, your recovery, your hydrating. Those things have been around for a long, long time. Uh, Shane, I remember that uh, ahead of Tokyo, Belgium was really uh, novel in in their their preparations, where they put up a dome in, at the club in in Belgium, uh, uh, where they could uh, imitate the, the the climatic conditions they were thinking to to meet in in Beijing at the time. Is is this kind of stuff you're going to do again as well? Oh, look, I, we're probably not going to go to the same extreme as uh, as that. You know, we'll look at little gains that we can make all over over the place, but. Uh, and I think Colin would agree, in the end it's going to come down to, to playing hockey um, and, and so on. You just want them uh, in conditions that they can play at their best or close to the best. So, you know, uh, we won't exaggerate 
things, uh, but we'll just be really mindful if we can uh, put some effort in something and it's going to make a difference, then, then we'll do that. We, we don't want too many gimmicky things that um, that look good in the press or, or, um, <laughs> or, or there's, there's a lot of effort for very little um, gains. We, we won't do that. We'll invest our time and money into something else. But, uh, but you know, we've done a bit of research and things that, that, have, um, that uh, are meant to represent good Good practice and best practice, and, and, and we'll implement those for sure. But um, yeah, there won't be too many gimmicky things um, happening. No, okay. Um, the Pro League is uh, about to start, uh, and and uh, you guys will be playing uh, each other for the first game. A repeat from uh, the final from last year. Well, it's always exciting to watch uh, top nations uh, play each other. Um, I guess this year, though, the Pro League will be. A little bit le- well less attractive and more a, a a practice environment for the 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 main ticket of Tokyo or or are you seeing this differently, Shane? Oh, look, I, I think um, what what you're dealing with when you're looking at uh, high performance sport is is you're going to have two teams that are incredibly uh, competitive people and competitive athletes. So I think it, it's always going to be a fantastic game when um, when Belgium play Australia. But I, I just think probably the focus of um, or the pinnacle event is probably going to be Tokyo, uh, without a doubt. And, you know, I think um, both Australia and Belgium will be uh, preparing to be at their best then, not, not necessarily the first game we play. But um, having said that, you know, there's so much talent on display that I, I, I would suggest it's going to be a fantastic game and uh, a, a fantastic couple of games and, and um, be really nice to be involved with them. But, you know, I think both Colin and I would agree if, if, uh, if we lost both games here but, but beat each other in the, in the Olympic Games, we, we'd be pretty happy with our year. So, yeah, so it's, <laughs> yeah I agree with that, Shane. Uh, look, I think... Just to reinforce some of those comments from Shane, that um, look, it'll be a fantastic opportunity for the Australian public to watch these games live. Um, number one in the world, number versus number two in the world, and there's hardly any points between the two sides. So, and you know, if we look at it, uh, Tokyo, both teams have high expectations leading into Tokyo. So, it'll be uh, great to watch it on TV, but even better to watch it live. So, I think it's a uh, Fantastic start to the Pro League in Australia. Um, and, uh, you know, we're expecting high-quality matches, even though the players probably, uh, you know, they've had a short break after over the, the Christmas period. Um, but they'll be very competitive out there uh, in a week's But time. still, would your year be considered a loss if you don't have two gold medals? I'll be happy with the, <laughs> the one in Tokyo. <laughs> So, look, the Pro League, what the Pro League offers this year is that you get to play most of the, the top or all the top nations before the Olympics. So you get a gauge about where you are and where you sit and how teams have improved since the last time we played them. But, yeah, as good as the Pro League will be, um, and it has been a great advertisement for our sport right around the, right around the world, um, the... Number one aim for all the all the countries is to play well and be successful in Tokyo. So everybody uh, playing the pro league will, will be considering this more or less a, a, a prep towards uh, Tokyo. Yeah, but uh, is is it an advantage for a team like Australia 
that you don't have to consider uh, your your club leagues or your domestic leagues in in those lead up to Tokyo, where Shane has has a lot of players who are also heavily involved in in the European domestic leagues, um, and and have to split their attention a little bit between clubs and national teams. Uh, Colin, do you consider it a, a big advantage to have a, a centralized program? Well, one of the dilemmas that we always have is that the, the number of matches that you play. Um, so I can see both sides of the of the um, the question here that um, it's good to play high quality club ma- matches. There's always a risk with injury, of course. Um, we don't want that, but you know we're playing a competitive sport, and, and it will happen. As opposed to, we're pretty busy all the way through until April, and then after that, we haven't got so much uh, at the moment. So, we'll be lacking a, a little bit of match play um, by the time Tokyo comes around. So, it, that's the um, the two sides of the story for sure. Yeah, I tend to agree. Like, I, I think that um, you know, one of the things that's uh, developed suppliers in Europe is is such a competitive domestic competition, and um, having that consistency of uh quality games week in week out i think that's uh, you know that's that's one of the um pillars of, of why uh the belgium and, and holland um do quite well at the moment um but you know the advantage of uh, being centralized as australia is and and um and we kind of halfway in between because we have a, a bit of a shorter uh, season uh, shorter than holland um and so we're you know we're together four days of the of the seven, so we we kind of trying to do what Australia have been able to do for a, for a number of years, and and we've still been able to keep a pretty good domestic competition. So you know we we we're, we're trying to get a, a balance because I think as Colin said, there are pluses in in having a centralised program, but there's also some advantages in in the guys being able to play in a in a different competition as well. So yeah, it's a, I don't think there's a, a perfect setup. Um, no, I think. Okay. Everyone's trying to work towards that. Yeah, you can you can prepare your team a little bit different, but yeah, the end result is that you want them to be playing at their best uh, in the middle of the year in July. So um, you know there are different ways of getting there. So I'm sure um, you know Shane, you've been through it a few times uh, already. Uh, firstly, with New Zealand and the way their preparation was for London, and now with Belgium. So um, you know, it's dealing with what you've got in front of you. You know, um, you know whether you've got very experienced players and how much you should push them as a, as opposed to some of the younger players. You can do a little bit more. Yeah, yeah that's right. And um, yeah, I think with um, being creative and and um, as you said, getting the, the teams to peak at the right time is 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 the key. Whether you haven't got enough games or if you've got too many, I think. Uh, um, still, we, we see we see in, a, in 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 several nations, including Australia, now the the rise of of of, of short uh, period of domestic leagues, like the new hockey one uh, you have now in in Australia. Um, w- would you prefer to have those kinds of shorter domestic leagues uh, and and to, and to ha- be able to combine it in in a more flexible way with the international program, or would you consider the the, the longer running traditional style European leagues to be better than those short leagues uh, for domestic hockey? Well, the shorter 
um, the hockey one season. Uh-huh. For us, it was great. Um, again, it was about uh, the promotion of our sport within Australia and it fit into, um, you know, it's the end of the football season here and the start of the cricket season hasn't quite gotten off. So it was in between the two major sports uh, that are played in Australia. Um, so that's why we had it in that period. And the shorter um, season does allow some flexibility from an international point of view, that it does free up um, the players at other parts, um, other times of the year. I think one of the worries is these um, this year and uh, in future years is the amount of hockey that's being played by players and, you know, they definitely have to have some time off and, you know, that's very difficult uh, in Belgium and Holland where they, um, you know, they go from international back to club and then back to international and it seems that the season is never ending. So we've got to be, we, we really do have to take control of um, or take care of, you know, our players and make, making sure that they're not playing too much. Otherwise, they're going to burn out and we're going to have some very short careers. Mm-hmm. Shane, would you think that a shorter uh, domestic league, an even shorter one than the one that you, we have already now in Belgium, would would benefit the international game? Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure because it's uh, it's hard to know what the ripple effect of of changing the domestic competition in Europe would would have. Um, like I, I do like what it's done. I like the tradition of it, and I like uh, the club uh, having. You know the place that a club plays in the in the um, in the life of the player. You know, like it's it's quite an um, it's quite a nice thing having come from New Zealand, where where you would play your game and then you would go away from your game and you'd hang out with your friends that were away from hockey. It's it's a it's a really different setup in Europe. And I quite quite like that. Um, but what what I think may happen is that I think that the domestic competition in Europe may become a bit more of a feeder into. Uh, into an international program or once you become an international player, you know, you could see short events um, becoming a bit more of uh, how they would operate normally. So, for example, you might have an international player that's, that stops playing domestic competition, for example, and plays yep. plays the Indian League, comes and plays a, a hockey one in Australia and, uh, and plays um, a preparation for World Cups and Olympic Games. Maybe that's uh, something that might happen in the in the future for the European players. Because, um, again, I think, as Colin said, it's um, they're playing a lot, a lot, a lot of hockey. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of our guys, this was the first break that they'd had um, since halfway through um, 2018, you know, so before the World uh, Cup, yeah. you know, and it comes at a cost somewhere. Um, so yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and you want them to be at the peak in uh, in July uh, or in August, even August sixth will be the day today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Colin, uh, after Tokyo, we will probably see uh, a couple of uh, Australian internationals uh, head back into Europe uh, again, uh, playing this domestic league, the club seasons here. Um, how will this affect your 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 program uh, with the national team for the the next pro leagues and uh, the events from from the years behind uh, Tokyo? Well, at the moment we're supporting um, players that want to play in Europe uh, for the next European season. We we, we feel that um, they've had four years um, 
within the, the national program, it's it's good to be away from it and learn some uh, from other coaches and, and play with uh, some of the Europeans. And I think there's some real benefits from them ex- having that experience and then coming back into the national program. So they might be uh, looking at one or two seasons. I think, uh, you know, it, it, it's the right time to do it. We know the World Cup's in um, a little bit later this time. It's not in 22, it's in 23. So they've got uh, um, a good possibility to have two seasons in, in Europe. You will be playing different pools uh, so uh, in, in Tokyo. Uh, so that means that it could very well be that you end up uh, playing each other in a, in a quarterfinal, uh, which is probably, except from the final, the, the most stressed game uh, in, in, in all of these Olympics. Uh, um, Shane, what would it take to beat Australia in a quarterfinal in Tokyo? I don't think that's going to happen, Ernest. I think, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it could happen, but I, I think that uh, if you if you do some simple calculations about uh, teams that are going well and things like that, I, I still think that um, the pools are so different that um, yeah, I, I think we'd meet later on. Yeah, um, no, you, you don't think that you will be yeah. fourth in our pool? I don't think we're going to be fourth in our pool. <laughs> no, or, or if we are, then uh, then. Then we'd have to, um, you know, pick up our game. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, look, I, I think it's it's always interesting to play Australia, and, and I think both teams are going to be disappointed if if, uh, if we don't get into the middle rounds. And and um, and, and certainly, uh, our, both of our hopes is that we play that final game. And, and I, I think it's a, a for both uh, both sides quite a realistic expectation to to have mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, we've got a lot of respect for Australia and, and certainly how they've progressed over the last four years has, has been um, a, a real credit to, to the work that uh, Colin does and also the um, the way that their team has um, come forward. I think that they've made, for me, they've been one of the teams in the world that's made the, the most progress over the four years. So we do want to play them, but we don't want to play them. Too early, but okay, let's suppose then uh, it will be the semi-final or the final Uh what would it take to to beat an uh, Australia? I uh, oh, got to score more goals than they do. That's the, the, <laughs> the simple answer. But um, you, you know, like you got to be able to match them, um, and they're an incredibly physical team and and really strong. And they, you know, when they're playing at their best, they play uh, such a, a, a nice attacking style of hockey. So you, you have to be able to. Um, get on top of that and you have to be able to match them in the areas that they do well and then then um, take advantages of the opportunities that you're going to get because you will get some. So it's, um, you know, I think um, my answer is probably a similar answer to that. <laughs> okay, um, Colin, what will, you, what will your answer be? Score more goals. <laughs> that, that one I get. <laughs> Shane just answered the question for me. <laughs> No, look, I think it's, you know, with the attacking um, opportunities both teams will get, they, they are going, I agree with Shane, they are going to get some opportunities. Both teams are very strong on the penalty corner. So, you know, if you don't defend them well, if you're not prepared to uh, run uh, run well and defend the penalty corner, then you're uh-huh. going to be exposed in that area. So, you know, it's not just from the field opportunities, but it's also from the penalty corner that you've got to do well. And you know we we just don't know the that's really the the answer that you know we, we think we can prepare the team in the correct way we think they that they can handle the pressure 
but sports, sport, and uh, when they go out no, there, absolutely. Um, you're never really sure. So, you know, we're hopeful that uh, players play to their ability, but we know there's some very good hockey players playing for Belgium. Um, very experienced now. They've had some a lot of success over the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, we, we have to go back to to Rio, silver medalist there, and then uh, gold medal uh, winning World Cup performance. So there's a lot of experience in, in that team. And, um, you know, the the trick for Shane and myself is that not do too much in a way or or not not mess with it too much and let the players play. Last World Cup, the, the three uh, most uh, interesting uh, games, uh, well, from my point, and uh, all ended in shootouts. And I'm talking about the semi-final between Holland and Australia, ending in a shootout where Holland won, and uh, the final, obviously, uh, also ending in a shootout uh, where this time it was Belgium that won. Uh, are you preparing shootouts? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we haven't done so well with our shootouts in, in Pro League, so there's a lot for us to improve in that area. But, you know, all the teams, we we saw it a lot last year. Pro League was good for um, that development of our game. Um, it added something else. Um, so, you know, there's a lot to learn, and I'm sure some of the the critical games in, in Tokyo will come down to shootouts. Yeah, saying what what with your preparations for the shootouts are. Obviously, you have uh, an exceptional goalkeeper uh, with uh, Vincent van Asch, uh, uh, in uh, in between the posts, but uh, you still have to score them as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's really helpful. But um, you know, like we've had we've um, had to take some in, in quite pressure situations, and the guys uh, have done okay there, and, and some that we expected to do quite well froze a little bit. So, you know, we we um, we will. It's, we'll do what every team's going to do and we're going to practice them and try and practice them under uh, pressure situations and things like that. So we understand how important it is in the, in the modern game. Um, you know, I would have liked for our club competition to have drawn games uh, doing their shootouts. And I, I noticed in the hockey ones, I don't know if it was seen as a success, but I thought it was quite a good concept to, to get, a, if you scored a field goal, to have a, have a crack at a shootout because, um, the end product of that is your players get to to go through those um, situations more often and and uh, at times of consequence. So, yeah, we'll, we'll try and set up some things like that. But our club competition hasn't necessarily helped us in that regard. Is it an advantage to have this in your domestic leagues as well, Colin, uh, to do these shutouts? What was the experience from the Hockey One uh, series? Yeah, it was very positive. Um, I'm glad we did it. It was it added another dimension to the game. It was only for field uh-huh. goals. It wasn't for penalty corners. So if you scored a field no. goal, you could get an extra bonus goal. So it, it, it you know, if I if you just look at it from a hockey point of view, it did add, um, add an extra layer to uh, spectator interest. So that was one side of it. But for purely uh, you know from a coaching point of view and a playing point of view, it um, it gave a lot more players an opportunity to develop their shootout skills and also um, goalkeepers defending it and learning, uh, you know, what techniques work for them from a defensive point of view. Uh, have you seen some players do exceptional well at the shootouts that you did not think they would do it? Uh, because usually uh, we go to the same kind of players for performing the shootouts in, this, uh, in, in, in the important tournaments, but now you see multiple players doing it. 
Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, what it did for Hockey One was that everyone had to practice it. So you did, uh, you know, we did find that some players that you wouldn't consider before, that suddenly they were emerging and becoming quite competent at taking shootouts. And, of course, you can take them in training, but in a match it's totally different. So we find out who can handle the pressure. Okay, guys, uh, to to start wrapping it up, uh, because you've got busy schedules uh, out there in Australia training for uh, the start of the Pro League. Um, but, okay, let, let's suppose, uh, okay, you're both number one and number two in the world, uh, but let's suppose you don't meet uh, each other uh, in, in the final. Uh, who is the country that you want to avoid in the final and, uh, and why? Colin. Oh, um I wouldn't say I want to avoid anyone, but, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Belgium being so experienced recently, um, and I know that's not really your question, but <laughs> look, we, we're, we're confident that we can play well against every team, but that doesn't mean that we can't lose to every team either. So I, I think that's yeah, every team's a threat. We saw it last time with um, Argentina going into the tournament. I thought... Um, they were the oldest team in Rio, and yet they came out, became champions. Uh-huh. So, look for me. There's there's so many threats out there. Um, Germany have now got a new coach. What will they show? What what are they capable of? Um, and of course, Netherlands are going to be very strong. Um, they're always very close. India are emerging. How much have they grown? Yeah. So, um, you know, we can see some progress there. So, I don't think you you know I, I can't say one team, um, you know, that we're trying to avoid. I think there's just so many threats out there that um, you can't narrow it down. Okay. It's, it, it's a complex question. Yeah. Who, who will be the dark horse, uh, according to you, Colin, at, uh, at Olympics? That the, the, the team that's going to surprise everybody? Well, we know each other so well these days. We've got a pro league to go through. So I don't think there'll be any surprises. Uh-huh. Um, you know, New Zealand are capable of beating anyone on their day. So, you know, they, they had some good performances without winning in Pro League last last year, mm-hmm. but they are a capable side. So they could come out and, uh, you know, upset anyone in that competition. Um, perhaps India would be um, one that, you know, they didn't play Pro League last last year, Shane. You had some experience against them, um, not with your top side, but uh, you did play them leading up to the, the um, European Championships. Yeah. yeah. So perhaps they are the team that, you know, we, we're a little less, um, you know, have the knowledge on. Yeah. Shane, what, uh, what are your thoughts? Who, who would you want to, want to avoid in the final uh, in Tokyo? And uh, the same question as well, who will be your dark horse, the surprise uh, in Tokyo, yeah, look, I think um, a little bit the same. Like, if we make the final, it doesn't matter um, who you're going to play. It's always going to be a team that's that's going really well, or a team that that you you, you kind of think once they've made the final, you realise, geez, that's a team maybe that we're going to have difficulties with. You know, uh, it's not easy making the final. So, so yeah, I'm not. I don't worry too much about avoiding anyone. I just um, just hope that. That we play at our best at, at that moment, if it, if we we're good enough to get there. Um, in regards to to teams, I, I I do I am going to track Germany a bit mm-hmm. because I think that as Colin said, they've got a new coach. Um, they've done a couple of selection things that are that are kind of are not not necessarily brave, but I think that they've made a bit of a 
a statement with some of the players I've selected. Um, yeah, and I reckon that they they could do do pretty well. They they certainly played incredibly well against us in um, in the Europeans. That was one of our toughest games of the year, and um, and uh, you, you know we needed the crowd behind us to to win that one. Um, so we'll we'll watch them, and they'll certainly have done their homework if they play us. Um, Dark Horse, um, yeah, I think it, it, India it, it would be a tricky quarterfinal. Let's say that, um, but but um, but yeah, it will be interesting to see how they go. Okay, guys, thanks very much for your time, and uh, I wish you all the best of luck in the first games of the Pro League against each other. Uh, I don't care very much who's going to win. Just uh, show us a, a, a beautiful game, and, and then uh, the supporter in me will be very happy with that. <laughs> Well, thank you, Ernst, and Shane, we'll see you once we arrive in Sydney. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to it, Colin. Yeah, safe travel. Thanks for tuning in to Studio Hockey. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, and as always, enjoy your hockey. Bye-bye.